good to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Episode 300 of the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, I know what you're thinking. How in the fuck did these guys make it to 300 episodes? I am thinking the exact same goddamn thing. We are live at the Black Heart of St. Paul. Um, we have our regular crew here. MJ, how you doing, bud? I'm very tired after working on my car all day, but I'm so happy to be here for episode 300. Awesome. And we have Jess as well. Jess, how you doing? Jess is wondering how many episodes she's actually been a part of in this 300 but we're not going to worry about it well, i am thrilled to be here and i was trying to write you guys a haiku but i made the photo montage instead <laughs> so two years it's basically about a hundred about a third of them so probably let's say i think i'm the only one who's been on every single fucking episode of this goddamn podcast you so. have been and i just want to say that i got to celebrate episode 200 with you that's right with 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 dan wade that's right dan- so so i've been for a hundred plus, yes, yes, but, but not much more than a hundred. And plus. you were on a few before that, you know, like just random as guests. Um, yeah. I think we're burying the lead here because we have uh, the one, the only, the incomparable, the the voice of my loons, <laughs> Chris, Chris Lidholm. Chris, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. Hey, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. That, number three hundred. Congratulations on three hundred. I too was part of Celebration two hundred. Yes, you were. Um, but uh, no, three hundred. Who would have thought back in the day that you would have made it this far? Uh, n- literally nobody, including my wife. Uh, we weren't married at the time. Even that, that's how that's how far <laughs> oh uh, that's God. how far back it was. Um, or no, we. we yeah, we were worried. Sorry, 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 Anna. She listens to the podcast. So, um, do you remember the? Uh, I, w- I wish I would have. I wish I, if I was smart, I would have pulled up the bio I wrote. I wrote for you the <laughs> yeah. very first episode. You're like, how did you find that information out? Yeah, I put. What did I put? I put some award on there. Yeah, right? was, yeah, some broadcasting award from like uh, maybe from like short, like when you were in college or shortly after college or something. Oh goodness, yeah, I remember you doing that. Yeah. You brought it up. I'm like, how in the world did you find that? I'm, or I'm a really I good think Googler. you found it on LinkedIn or something. Yeah, like I'm a really good Googler, Chris. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was something to the effect of. Uh, Do you remember what that award I was? No, not off the top of my head. I think now, I rem- now I, I kind of after go- after you started giving me grief about it and mentioning it all the time, <laughs> I uh, got rid of it off of my <laughs> off of off of my uh, social media off the off of LinkedIn. I, sh- I was like, I shamed you into get rid of. I was like, yeah, basically, I was like, uh, okay, enough of this. He'll remember. I don't need to have it, was, it up there it, anymore. It was some sort of like yeah, broadcaster of the year kind of thing or something, right? Or am I am I thinking it was of some, something else? It was something. Um, the golden mic. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I did win the. I was nicely given the Buzz Lagos Lifetime Achievement. That's but, right. Yeah, but I, it wasn't that. It, it was something. I, else. I did mention that though, because I, I do know. Because yeah, it was, I think yeah. it was right. It was the year after you had won it. I think is when you came on the podcast. Yeah, that so. was twenty. Like sixteen, seventeen. Yes. Yeah, so well, I think you won in twenty. Even it earlier must have been than twenty sixteen, because I think cause we launched this thing in twenty seventeen, and we had you on. I think late in twenty seventeen. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you were. Yeah, I think you were still the voice of the loons on the radio at that point. 
Yeah, twenty seventeen yeah. was my my final so. year where I was hosting the pregame, halftime, and postgame show on on fifteen hundred ESPN right. Radio. Do you so. do you ever miss those days of, of like it's the 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 play by play? Also, but also like that post game show because that was a weird ass post game show. I remember listening on, a couple times on the radio. Yeah, on the radio. Well, you got to remember the so it was what we did was we took the simulcast of the TV broadcast. So I would just do pre you know the pregame show, right? And then we go to the simulcast. I would handle halftime, simulcast second half, and then I would do the post game. So I was, and it was a lot of times where we're we were getting information from the team. As I'm on the air. Right. Oh. And so we're trying to... People talking to your ear as you're trying to well, talk. And my, my producer, um, my producer uh, Jonathan Harrison, who now is the host okay. of the, the, the radio show, he um, would be getting texts and other type of, inf- in some way, shape, or form, emails. And he's passing me information as I'm on the air and I'm trying to, we're trying to figure it out and balance it out. And they just kind of they let Jonathan and I just kind of go like do kind of almost what we wanted right. uh, to a degree. I mean, to a degree, obviously. Um, and I still remember when they asked me to host, I was like, I, I've never done radio before. How, what am I, what do I do? Like, I didn't even, I, not a lot of radio terminology. I mean, I knew some, but, and, uh, and so it was a matter of, I wrote this long, what I felt was a long script of, you know, it starts a new era, MLS, da-da-da-da. Okay. And I started talking about the history. And I read it, and it was, I don't know, page and a half, but it was only like three and a half minutes long. <laughs> and I come to find out the opening segment, I had to fill nine minutes. Yep. So I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing with the other five and a half minutes? I can't. So I scrapped that. I'm like, let's just figure it out. And they had figured out some sort of... Um, like the the loon call and some other little bits, little drops, drops yeah. and stuff. And so they would play, Bit, yeah. you know, they would, and then like uh, Kendra and Cal, they would do, um, inter- they go to practice and they do interviews and record those. Right. So we would play those and, and all of that. So we just kind of was on the in the beginning. We were like, Jonathan and I are like, let's Fly, just see what happens. Flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> kind of like we do. Uh, a little bit. I, yeah, I used yeah. to. I used to write a lot more notes for the for the outlines. <clears throat> if you look at some of the. Like, if you look at some of the first uh, uh, outline notes, me and Martin would we would literally j- it was just like we were writing thousands and thousands of words. Now I, c- I barely even write an outline at this point. Yeah. MJ is, is always pissed off at me for barely writing an outline. Yeah, so. in the beginning you would send me the format True. like you'd send me the format going, okay, we're going to talk about this, 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 and this. And now clearly, three hundred episodes later, it's like it's just it's, there's bullet who points. Who cares? It's, you know, let's just, just see what goes. We have bullet and points. Then, there's things that we need to hit, so we yeah. know that. But yeah. And for your point, Jessica, it's a matter of just flying by the seat of the pants. Sometimes the best way to go just right. bullet points and then just let it go yeah it's genuine that's for sure and i mean how, how many times in the olden days did whether it was due to david martin's shenanigans or your drunkenness or both of your drunkenness you, you know like whatever bullet points you had up were garbage anyway oh I, we could barely read them yeah. by <laughs> halfway through the we were taking shots of uh, we were doing rum hams which, uh, for those of who, who have jumped on the podcast <laughs> recently and, and are not familiar, uh, this is a drink that uh, 35-year-old David came up with, which was basically a, a, a pint of hams, and you just pour a shot of uh, real rum into it, and it's delicious. We called it a rum hams, and we would drink those at, uh, God, I'm blanking on the name of the bar over on Selby and Western, <laughs> just get shit hammered and record the podcast. Is it? That wasn't the Fitzgerald. Was the Fitzgerald, it? yes, that was. It was the Fitzgerald, yes, yes. 
Uh, this. I think I remember that bar. Yeah, that's it was it's it's been it's been through two iterations since then I believe. Oh and wow! That was the second iteration of what it was because originally it was a a steakhouse. Before that, it was a art design school. <laughs> um, that we turned into a steakhouse. That my wife and I had our, our first like Christmas dinner date thing together. Oh. Um, we had a booth. We had a corner. We had the corner booth. It was very fancy, very fancy. But also like a, like a bar. A, you know. It built itself as like a not a bargain steakhouse, but like a steakhouse. Like they, they served good cuts of steak, but it wasn't like it wasn't Manny's or Mancini's, where it was gonna like break your pocketbook. So like young professionals could go there and have a nice night out, and you know leave there with you know less you know with. I haven't been to Mancini's since my grandfather took me when I was seven. Well, there, it hasn't changed. No, it has not, it has <laughs> I'm not, not surprised. Yeah, uh, I don't know how many times over the years I have watched you, Dave. Uh, progressively get drunk as we go throughout doing the podcast like i can watch you like i can physically see you okay that's one beer that's one run of hands or whatever and we go along so that was those are those days are long gone my friend there was oh yeah i'm sure they are i'm sure they are but but, but i know were, i yes there are a couple times where you would we you tried really hard to stay to the format and you got to the point where you're like i remember one you just Ended a podcast just randomly. We're in the middle of a story, and you're like, you know what? I'm done. Was that the 200th episode? Uh, no, I don't no, think it was, it was that one. It was pre 200. It was. It was. That was. I've been on one where yes. we've abruptly ended. Yes. As yes. Well. well, that's. Uh, <laughs> that was pre kids. That was that. Yeah, that might have been mostly me, me being uh, pissed off at everybody and just saying, <laughs> "Fuck it, we're done." Um, well, you know, we're not going to do that tonight. We're not going to do that tonight. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have. You know, we brought Chris on because you know, obviously, we were. You know, we're very excited about episode 300. Um, I think these are. Like, you should celebrate milestones. Milestones, yeah. round numbers. I'm just generally a fan of that. Uh, and celebrating. We did Everyone not. Knows we I did love not anticipate the, uh, the 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 ground, the earth shattering news of Adrian Heath being dismissed uh, as uh, coach or manager of uh, Minnesota United FC. Um, I recorded a, a, a sort of mini pod with Dan Wade uh, on Friday night. We we uh, um, just sort of got our a lot of our immediate moment Heath. Out thoughts out and and speculated just a little bit about the future. But Chris, you obviously worked a little bit with Heath, not not a ton. Obviously, you only had that sort of that one year of overlapping. But you're uh, you're friends with lots of people in the club. You've been around Minnesota soccer for a very very long time. Um, <clears throat> and won't say the number of years because I honestly don't know. But it, also don't want to betray your it, age. It was uh, <laughs> it was it was twenty five years. Twenty five years. Yeah. yeah so. Um, Back from the Thunder Day. So uh, you obviously know a lot of people still, um, probably not as many people as you used to in the front office and things like that. But how did the Heath News hit you? Um, what were your thoughts? And, and, you know, how do you feel about everything, you know, um, going The timing of it, that was the only thing. Um, it could very well be tied into last home game being fan appreciation type thing. You want to make sure we had a good time? <laughs> be my, that would be my only guess. Yeah. I, I really truly don't know and I have not had any conversations with anybody in the front office about this stuff in years. And wow. so this is just me from a fan's perspective type thing. And that's all we want. And so it's a matter of of you know just it was that the timing was the only thing for me. There's yeah. probably a reason but um, you know it, it's you know, I think it was it was time for that change uh, and such. And, um, you know, for me, it's, you know, I'm going to, as MJ said earlier, it's going to be a, uh, before we went on air, it was a matter of, I've got a story of, it's going to kind of balance out the <laughs> anti-Heath 
Our Heath group. Outness. Right, the Heath Outness. I, um, uh, back in 2017, Jamie Watson did a radio show on uh, 1500 ESPN Radio, and it was he and Adrian. Adrian was in studio most of the time. How did anyone understand him? How did he get a job on the radio is what I want to know. He... Two to three. Two to three more players. I mean, you... Without having heard Carl Craig speak uh, yeah. eloquently, then Adrian Heath sounds he sounds goddamn American, basically yeah. compared yeah. to Adrian Heath. Lawrence right. fucking Olivier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's those are, that's entertaining with Carl Craig is to is to have a good conversation with him. Oh, when, I I have several yeah, beers. Oh, deep yeah, yeah, same, been, it's, yep, it's, same. Yeah, the more beers you have, the the less uh, the less you can understand him. Right. And oh. Not because not because you can't understand him, it's because he's also had probably the n- double the number of beers that you've had. Yeah. And his Jordy accent is just. Gets starts taking off. So um, just, and this is a little nice thing that I had with with Adrian. So back 2017, I was hosting, didn't know about the play-by-play future. And um, he won, we were sitting and talking before they went on air. And he very nicely offered to put his name in and help me if I wanted to do, you know, get a play-by-play job down the road somewhere else. He offered to put his name in in support of me and to say, look at this guy and give him an opportunity. So I, I have a very nice Adrian Heath story to share. We're now, here for it. And at that time, had he heard your play-by-play <laughs> like we all had at the Did Nessie. he know which which was which? <laughs> <laughs> that will live with me for the rest of time. And I think I think on episode 200, you mentioned that that's going to be on your gravestone, uh, right? Well, <laughs> So, yeah, we had talked about the gravestone. So, to answer your question, MJ, it oh, yes, was sorry, he had not – I don't. I think he had heard a little bit or was familiar with me, but I don't think he had heard it to the degree that everybody else had. Yeah. So but your legend had carried enough where he and, was willing to vouch for you. Yeah, and I think I'm, – I'm, you know, maybe Jamie – I don't know, but maybe Jamie said something. I don't know, but he, you know, maybe with no – encouragement at all he just he wanted to do maybe something he's nice just a nice guy he, he you know he always was nice to me like anytime we talked he was nice to me so no comment but um but yeah so going to the witch witch thing um oh yes i remember which it witch. was it was yeah we all remember which witch <laughs> um it was a matter of uh we were gonna either the headstone or we talked about my wife came up with the idea of a motion sensor on the, my headstone that when you walk by it, I would yell Ramirez, you know, <laughs> so the sensor would set off. So as you're walking through the cemetery and you go by my headstone, you hear Ramirez. That's what you would hear. <laughs> so that was one of the ideas. And then, yeah, the witch, witch thing. Yeah, I still, I, yeah, I can still recall that and say it verbatim. You know, do it. Word, word, word. Right, do let's, it. Let's clear um, out, guys. Let's 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 oh, let's get one because I want to isolate it because I want yeah. to, I want it as a eventually okay. a drop here. So yeah, yeah, yeah clear yeah, out. Yeah. Kentaro Takata is walking to the corner right now. <laughs> this Minnesota United corner kick is brought to you by Which 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 Superior Sandwiches, twelve Twin Cities locations. Which Which do you prefer? <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Incredible. I prefer that witch. Oh. Incredible. And yes. so, yeah, it stuck with me, and it's fine. Um, but it's it's great because over the years, even to this day on occasion, people will be traveling, and they'll come across a witch witch wherever they're traveling, and they send me, they text me pictures <laughs> or send me pictures, and they'll go, hey, look, they have a witch witch here. You know, that type of thing. 
I mean, when you think about it, there could be a lot worse things that could stick with me for the rest of the time. Oh, yeah. That's not a bad thing. It's just something I had to say all the time. Yeah. And I love that it's lived, it's had such a life all these years. So I get a for kick sure. out of it. Uh, so what, what is your, what's like, what's your interaction with Minnesota soccer like nowadays? Uh, are you, you go, to many, go to many games, you watch most of the games, or are you kind of just out of it on it? Or I have really, I've stepped back quite a bit okay. since my last games. Uh, I still pay attention. I still watch when I can watch. Um, I, I go to, I, I go to, you know, a couple games, two, three, four games per year. Um, it's just, uh, I'm, I had a stage in life where, you know, I spent so much of my, of my life dedicated to, to that, that I'm at a stage in life where it's now not the priority and it's right. where, it's time with my, my wife and us traveling. It's time, you know, going to see my kids and all of that type of stuff. So, yeah. um, but I still pay attention. I still am aware of the, you know, all the supporter groups and all the great stuff they're doing and, and whatnot. So I, I stay, I stay in connected to a degree. So. Well, I can't imagine you could ever give it up entirely. No, you're right. You're right. I, I can't. It's it'll never I'll never be able to completely step away. It'll be one of those where it's because it's part of part of my life and part of. And so when I in 2017, that 25th year, I had been doing it. I had been part of Minnesota soccer that way more than half my life. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so it's it's it. Yeah, it's in my blood and it's part of part of who I am and. And, you know, which, which, and the time at the <laughs> National Sports Center and then down the road at, at the, the Jimmy and all of that type of stuff, you know, watching, doing the games and that, especially in the Jimmy, the, the no air conditioning sweat box that that, that press box was. Oh, oh my God. I was, I, when I, went, I went to high school at Central and I was a sports editor, so I would, often I was going to soccer games in August or, or yeah. football games in, in August and sitting up in that press box, like... Because we didn't have someone re- reporting, so I had to do the report. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm going to fucking die up here. Yeah. And that was, that was back before global warming really kind of like kicked our asses. So. And, and think about, like, in 2005, the U.S. Open Cup run. Right, Thunder. yeah. You've got teams like was it, uh, uh, Colorado. Colorado. Didn't, the they're, Galaxy. They're changing LA Galaxy. Yeah. in yeah, yeah. those locker rooms. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, those shitty-ass locker yeah. rooms. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine that, like, oh. like, whoa, where are we? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was after I that was after I went to school there. So yeah, those, and those locker rooms had not changed. They were they were yeah. immensely shitty. So, but that's good times. But. Let's back up though, because you said over half of your life has been in Minnesota soccer at that I, time. Yeah, and I know you've gone through this on this podcast before, possibly episode two hundred. But just take us back to you know going to your first Minnesota kicks game or like where the journey began. Uh, it is my uh, my parents' responsibility for my my love for soccer. So my my dad always told the story that um, every time they would give me a ball, I would put it down and I'd start kicking it. And I, that's all. I wouldn't really throw it too much. I'd always kind of kick it. And my dad goes, "Well, maybe soccer's in this kid's future." And um, with that, they went ahead and they bought season tickets to the kicks so from 76 to 81 we went to every game except two i i was sick one time and my dad was sick and that was the only reason we missed but i sat in the front row right um just to the right of midfield behind the benches so that would have been uh left field 
for the Twins games, so I was yeah. in that outfield area. But that was where the benches were on that side, and we were there every year. And so I got to see the likes of, you know, uh, the, all the great kicks players that came through. And then you've got Pele and Canalia and Carl Heinz Granitza. And so Pele, Canalia, uh, and Canalia played for, uh, Giorgio Canalia played for the New York Cosmos. Carl Heinz Granitza, he played for the Chicago Sting. Um, those are some of the bigger names that, you know, from back in that. How good was Ace? Oh, so good. Fun I to wish, watch, right? I wish a lot of a lot of Thunder fans really got an opportunity to see him play. Yeah. Just a wonderful player in the midfield. And, you know, and then when I go back to those kicks days, um, you know, you've got Alan Merrick, who was a defender, Alan Willie. And then you move to the indoor, the Minnesota Strikers, 84 to 88. Now, they did play outdoor briefly. One year. Was that before or after they went to indoor? Before. Okay. And that was in 1984. One year in the the what ended up being the last year of the NASL 1. Version, version one. Yeah, original uh, gangster they, NASL. They played at the Metrodome, and then '84 to '88 they played indoor, and uh, and the strike the you know the Fort Lauderdale Strikers moved up here and and such, and uh, Alan Merrick was the coach, and then you had wait, team- wait, wait. the Fort Lauderdale Strikers moved, moved here to moved become here. The, yes. the Minnesota Strikers. So yeah. the owners yep. of the the Fort Lauderdale Strikers were the Robbie family, who is Elizabeth Robbie. Elizabeth the, the Robbie, Robbie Stadium is named after the Robbie family. Is, yes, she was one of the owners along with her son Tim. They owned it, and uh, yeah, so Elizabeth Robbie Stadium, where the Gopher women's team plays, that's who that's named after. They they own the Fort Lauderdale Strikers that moved they up owned here. Those, they own Fort Lauderdale at the time and moved them up 1. here, if 0. I remember correctly. Yeah. Fort Lauderdale Strikers. So, and Not crappy old Lockhart, Fort Lauderdale Strikers. No, no. So, they, so then they played, and then they played uh, the four, year, four or five years, whatever it was, in the MISL, Major Indoor Soccer League. And um, Were the Kansas City Comets around yes, them? Yes, Kansas City Comets, the St. Louis Steamers. The Dallas Sidekicks. Dallas Sidekicks had a, a forward who, his thighs, his name's Tattoo. His size, his, his thighs are the size of tree trunks, and he scored a lot. And after every goal, and I don't remember if he did it at home and away, but I know he did it at home. After every goal, he threw his jersey into the into the stands. <laughs> Isn't that a technical or something? Not back then in '84, '85. <laughs> that was that was called good PR. Because yes. you could go and get an, possibly get a tattoo jersey. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, um, but one of the um, the best things that I always enjoyed was the the pregame introductions for those. Was this uh, this these games were played at Met Center where now IKEA sits. Yep. Yep. And um, they had this uh, frame of a soccer ball come down and it would be on fire. Okay, and then you had the music start and the smoke, smoke going, the strobe lights, and they played um, "The Heat Is On" by is it Clint <laughs> Fry or whatever. The heat is on. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the song that they played, and then they did the introductions. So, yeah, the uh, MLS could definitely use some gamesmanship from the old. Uh a fledgling American soccer days yeah. from the seventies, eighties, and beyond. Oh yeah, yeah. Just the just a little a little flair would be nice. And I don't know about anybody else, but I would love to see an indoor team come back here. Because think about how we are as fans during Minnesota United season. Yeah. But what do we do during the winter? I mean, there's, nothing. Yeah, I mean to, to feel that sort of that itch for soccer. Ooh, I, I could like get behind you that. Could, you know, do a little indoor, and those are mm-hmm. that's great. I mean, that's great entertainment. So yeah. was the, was the was the season November through 
you know, May or November through April-ish? I would have, to, I'm not 100% sure, but it would be, that sounds about right. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. Minnesota uh, Strikers, they made it to the finals a few years, you know, and things they played against the San Diego Soccers. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That was one of the teams. Um, but no, it was, yeah, no, oh, that was great time, great time. <laughs> and I, I, um, I don't remember how I got them, but they had the bar up atop of the Met Center called the Observatory Club. And I would get passes, but I still to this day cannot remember who gave me the passes. So I'm this little kid. So back then, I'm like 12-ish, 13. And I would go up in the observatory club and I give the guy my pass. He's like, okay, well, go ahead, 13-year-old. <laughs> and I would go in. And then a lot of times I would go into the elevator that would lead up into the... And I go down and I walk the underground, under hallways of the, the Met, Center. Uh, of Met Center and just wander about. And because a lot of the security thought I was one of the players' kids. Oh, So they, sure. they would just kind of let me wander around. And that was, um, that might have been the first time or whatever that I met Alan, Will- Alan Willie, which we all know how Alan, that came forward. Alan Willie, uh, yes, then he co-hosted with you uh, on the, uh, Minnesota, the, the yeah, Minnesota United broadcast. Yeah, he was, um, my, he was my color commentator he was, for a couple he, of years. Yeah. He was a one-time guest of this podcast. Uh, I was there. Yeah, we did it in my in my. Uh, I think shortly after we moved into our into our, our house on Van Buren, I invited you over and, and you said, "Hey, how about bringing Alan?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, bring Alan." I was like, "What kind of beer does Alan drink?" Like, I'll get some beer, and you said, "Mick Golden Light," and so I went and bought a six pack of Mick Golden Light, and he was like, "What's this?" I was like, well, "That's what I heard you drink," and he's like, "That's not like." Chris was fucking with me because <laughs> I was like, I would have got you good beer, man. Like, I have good beer. I, I, I'm not, I don't drink Mick Gold Light. I, I drink good beer, but I got it from him. So oh. he was screwing with okay. me, and I apparently okay. was screwing with you. Well, then so. maybe he was screwing with you, yeah, probably vis-a-vis me. But yeah, no, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't know Alan Willie. Like, I mean, I know, I know, I, I, I've heard the name. I know who he is. He's obviously on the broadcast and everything. Like, we would have gotten you anything. I know he's a Minnesota anything. soccer legend, legend, um, Hall of Famer, Hall soccer of Famer. Hall of Famer. Yeah, and but uh, but also it's like, I don't know what he drinks. And, and then uh, I did, I should, did I ever tell you the time about the time I met Alan Merrick um, at a dinner? Uh, he was at a, he was at the same table as we were, and he got, I mean. Not to disparage Alan Merrick, but like he got fucking shit hammered on red wine. Just okay. kept ordering bottles of red wine to the table. That's was, my boy. It was amazing. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> he also told me about some, little, some like some he like may or may not have allegedly party near near uh, TCF Bank Stadium. It was a he, whole. It was a whole thing. He so owned what? He owned some like property near TCF oh, Bank gotcha. Stadium. And it was a whole thing, and he was yeah. very excited about like trying to get tailgates before Minnesota United games at the over at the bank. Well, um, he is the the U of M men's club coach. Okay, so there might be a U of M tie in. Makes there. a little more sense then. Yeah. Yeah. But. So um, yeah. So Alan actually back eighty four Merrick or Willie eight, Merrick Merrick. Okay. Uh, eighty four eighty five was actually my. Um, ODP coach was my coach. Oh, right on. So from 84 to 88, I played, um, I was in Minnesota State Select, which was top one of the top keepers in the state for my age. And Alan Merrick was one of my one of my coaches during those years. Nice. So I've known him since early 80s. And then now he's now he was the coach of the Strikers and now, yep. you know, friends to this day. So Minnesota soccer sounds like a smaller world than even I imagined. A lot of it is it's when you... It's 
it's a matter of once you, you you play on a team and you get to know these folks, and then that group you played with, some of those players may play with another team who these guys, you know, somebody else might be on. So now it's a tie-in of, oh, you and I were, you know, we played on the same, you know, we I played with Alan, you played on Alan's team or whatever, and we just connect that like way. Like LinkedIn. So, yeah, yeah, very much so. But, uh, like, in person and, you know, doing and shit. Like, yeah, not just sending a <laughs> click. Not, not right. just making up awards that you have to take off your LinkedIn uh, yeah, profile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'm going to have to go figure out what that was. What uh, He's going to have to look at, like, his college transcripts. As a soccer fan. I think I remember. Okay. It was the, I was a volunteer of the year at, with the school district. Um, I think. That sounds like something I would have found and, and like made a big yeah, deal so out of it. Yeah, so I was, I think, yeah, I, made, I, think yeah. I made a big, big deal out of it too. I don't. <laughs> well, I think it was the only thing I had, like the only like award I Accolade. had on my, on, on my LinkedIn thing at the time. And so, yeah, I could see you pulling that from you there. You can count you. on Zeller to play you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What did you volunteer for? Uh, so I volunteered when my kids were in elementary school. So from, so when my oldest was in kindergarten, they had TV monitors in the rooms, but they sat off, like not used. And so with my TV background, I went to the principal one day and I said, do you use these? And what if we did a newscast? Yeah. And he's like, would you coordinate it? I'm like, yeah, sure. So what we did is we actually had the sixth graders, they signed up and we would tape the news on Friday and the news quote unquote was strictly about the school like the events announcements and such and so we would um, we would tape the news on Friday and then I would go back in on Monday morning and I would play on a on a VCR it was all recorded on VHS tape to show you how long ago it was uh, it was a matter of I then played on Monday morning for the school and I did that from my oldest um, in first grade his first grade we didn't start until his first grade year until my youngest finished in sixth grade. So it was like eight years I did that every Friday and Monday. Wow. So plus did a bunch of other stuff where I uh, would organize, like in February was I Love to Read Month. So I would use my my TV connections and I would have local anchors come in and they would just read a book to to a class, answer questions about their Look jobs. you go. And all that type of stuff. And that was it, you know, but it was very simple and, and, and did other things too. Award-worthy though. That's award-worthy. That's I, I was, you know, it was, uh, I was nominated by the kids. The, the kids to be nominated, they had to write, and, it, and there was a couple of teachers, but some of the kids wrote nominations as ah. to why um, I should be a recipient. Back to soccer, there's that two-year gap when... The strikers stopped playing, and before the the Thunder started playing uh, under the Thunder name, under, yeah, yeah. Not, not under Como Park or, what, or whatever the the origins were. What did you and your parents do as soccer fans? And like between 1998 and 1990, what 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 sort of soccer things were you up to? were you focused on playing? Yeah, I was at that time. I was really focused on my playing because I had. Um, you know, I was uh, just finishing up that the stint with the ODP and playing summer ball and and, and uh, such. for those that don't know, just explain what ODP stands for. Oh, uh, Olympic Olympic Development Program. Right. So which it's was big deal. Uh, so it was a matter of the basically what they do is you have your state teams. They go and play in the ODP uh, um, pool. So we went to tournaments and then they would select players from that 
so we would play against Missouri and against Iowa and yeah. against and the Minnesota ODP. Yeah, and so we'd play against other state OB, ODT, ODPs, and then college coaches or the Olympic program would start looking at group players from those pools, and then they would look at them and recognize potential for going on. So to possibly go into the Olympic program, I guess. Do you remember any Minnesota teammate of yours getting a, sh- a shot to, to play in the Olympics out of, out of those years? Not off the top of my head. Um, that, if my memory serves, that's actually where I I met Amos and Manny first. They were they were teammates of mine back then. Um, wow. And so if I if I remember correctly, or they're a year older or something like that, I don't. Wait, That's Manny, Manny, Manny Lagos, yep. Manny Lagos, Amos Manny, Amos Manny, Manny. Yeah, so, former Thunder players. So yeah, so you know, I've known those guys for for a while. So yeah, um, but I don't remember anybody specifically from those those years. I uh, <clears throat> I found the I found the intro. I knew you would. Um, also, you so you bet you were on. This is on episode thirty two. So this is like we hadn't Holy. even done a year when you joined us for the first time. Wow, me and David Martin. Um, the episode with Alan Willie. Uh, episode 69. Very, very nice. Wonderful. Uh, but here's the intro. Chris Lidholm has been the voice of Minnesota soccer for 25 years. He grew up loving the game here in Minnesota, following the kicks. He grew up on the mean streets of Robbinsdale? Question mark? Yep. It's like, I mean, Robbinsdale, like the mean streets of Robbinsdale? Question mark. Uh, Were they mean? Graduated from Not Cooper them. High School a Not long time ago. He played with Manny Lagos and Amos McGee back in the 80s. I've also heard he kicked a ball around with Tony Sana. A one-time attendee of the Brown Institute, he shared a booth with fellow Minnesota soccer legends Buzz Lagos and Alan Willie. Peter Wilt endorses him on LinkedIn. Perhaps you've heard his dulcet tones as the host of Minnesota Radio, and UFC Radio, pre-half and post-game shows on 1500 ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Lidholm. Wow. It takes that me was back. incredible. I wish you'd done uh, that to begin with. But, you know, see, next that, time. Maybe I'll, maybe look, I'll, I'll look what he put out. into that intro back then, and now it's like whatever. Yeah, it's like, know. fuck it. <laughs> Anyways, you know this yeah. fucker. So what? Everyone so knows this did, fucker. Did you find what what award I won? I, I you know I'm looking for it. So I, I cannot I cannot remember what it was. I remember when yeah. I was answering MJ's question, I looked over and you were feverishly looking. I'm like, he's trying to find the <laughs> using award. those boolean yeah. operators well, he's in that looking, Google. I did know that you were recruited by Buzz Lagos himself back in 1993 after earning a broadcast major at the Brown Institute. So so yeah. So tell uh, that story. That yeah. in the winter of '93, Buzz called me. And I had been, Buzz had coached me, and we were familiar with each other because of Manny and all that type of stuff. And Buzz called me and said, hey, Chris, we want to put the Thunder Games on TV. Um, and I know you're in school for broadcasting. You know soccer. Do you want to do the games? And you were like, hell fucking I yes, like, I do. I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I'm like, absolutely. And that was that's how it all began. That's history. So wow. you had had season tickets you for the for, Thunder no. No, 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 no. I, um, you weren't I, going I to the Nessie or I did go to a, I did, I did go to a few games. Um, not a whole lot, but yeah. I did go to some, I was familiar what, with what they were doing, uh-huh. uh, and such. I, but, uh, back then, no, it was just a couple games here and there, uh, to watch, but no, it was, um, cause you're 93 was when they decided to go start joining a league. I remember the league off the top of my head, maybe a league, USISL or something like that. USISL. Okay. And so, but from 90 to 92 or whatever, they were playing exhibition games mm-hmm. against teams like the, the Winnipeg Fury, um, which was their very first win ever. 
Um, and then like the San Francisco Bay Blackhawks and who and the San Francisco Bay Blackhawks, for example, had uh, some eventual or maybe at the time U.S. national team players on it. If I remember, I want to say I, I want to say Dominic Kinnear, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Also, you, you won the Buzz Lagos Award in uh, 2012, by the way. But 12? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I still so, remember that day like it was yesterday. He was like, I recruited this guy. He yeah. should probably get it. Yeah. Just because he called me, I became a shoe in immediately <laughs> exactly. for the lifetime achievement. Yeah. Yeah, I can't find I can't find I, I do remember saying that weird random ass award you won. Yeah. But I can't remember what the, I can't I can't find what it was. So, uh, my my apologies. I'm sure it's somewhere. I'm sure I'll find it on the internet yep. somehow somewhere. I'm sure someone will yeah, put yeah. put it in the podcast uh, feed tomorrow, so. Okay. So my my golden years are Nessie. I became a season ticket holder in 2014. Do you have any favorite matches from the Nessie era? Ooh. Which, um, which Nessie? Uh, your Nessie era. My Nessie era. Yeah, the, so, the Minnesota United, so the Minnesota United, Nessie. United yes. Nessie days. Ibarra days. Uh, well, 2011-2012, the playoffs uh, for certain. Um, you know, getting to be a part of those championship series. Uh, you know, there were... Um, you know the the obviously the, the the obvious one is the the winner over the New York Cosmos. Oh. I remember you that know? distinctly. Um, My know? husband, ex husband, got way too wasted. And but it's it's though it's that one sticks out. But then there are certain certain goals that I remember. Like I remember Miguel Ibarra, as you mentioned him. Going up against um, Stefan Antonievich, so you've got Miguel, who's five, five, six, five, seven, five, five. If if, if he's lucky, five, five, yeah. And then you've got Antonievich, who's like six three, yeah. And he was battling with, they were battling for the ball, and Miguel got beat just a half step and hit it up over the keeper, rainbowed it over him and bounced it in. And I was like, that is a great example of you know that sort of David Goliath type thing of. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you're facing. You battle and you win, and you know you got that type of stuff. So, yeah. And then you've got then you've got Christian Ramirez's bicycle kick against in the Indy Eleven. I was uh, there for that. Uh, I, I, to this day, I was not anticipating the bicycle kick. So I was in the middle of a story about one of the Indy players, and all of a sudden, I was doing this, and then I went, "Oh, bicycle!" Like it caught me completely <laughs> off guard. Yeah. So if you when you if you watch those highlights, you see you hear me telling the story. I was I was expecting to take it down and pass it off or whatnot. All of a sudden, he left his feet, and I was like, "Oh boy, okay." So yeah, but it's the atmosphere is what really sticks out to me more. Yeah. Um, back to those is just is watching the dark clouds grow because I saw them from the original when there were six or eight of them to growing to the group now to then you've got true north elite joining the group over in that corner um and now to see what is in allianz each week has been it's been great so and i mean goes without saying man but you're a major fucking part of that <laughs> I, I think you will you will never admit that but you are a major fucking part of, of growing Tell that us because, more, Zeller. because people i mean people you know watch those broadcasts they listen to you like you were a super you you always been a super engaging person you're like you 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 pop out to the tailgates and talk to people and engage with people and um and i think you know it's it's 
I don't know. I, I'll be when someone, whenever someone writes the story of Minnesota soccer, like there will be a, a very significant Chris Lindholm part of that. You will definitely that, make the of index that, uh, of that tome for sure. So thank you. That's very nice of you to say. Thank you so very much. It's the truth. So I, uh, I I did. I I am very proud to have been a, a part of it. Um, you know, and, and back in the beginning days, it was a matter of, as you all know, it's we didn't know if we'd have a team. <laughs> I mean, year, yeah, year the team that nobody year, wanted. The year to year to year to year, yeah. we had no idea. And yeah. so, um, back then, I was I would help out and buy just. I get a couple tickets and I give them to people who had never been. Just anything to get new people into the stands and hopefully light a fire and, and go from there. And and so, when it got to be you know, you know the twenty fourteen years and all of that type of thing, it was a matter of, okay, I think we're okay. You know. It was a matter of, you know, and McGuire had purchased the team at the time and so on and so forth. But even then, it could be a yeah. matter of what was the commitment. Yeah. So I, mean, I jumped on the bandwagon like late in 2011, like late, late in 2011. So I don't truly consider myself a fan of the 2011 team, although I, I did watch the team and all that. But like 2012 was like when I really I, like started getting into it and going to going to like every, I went to every single game like been season ticket since 2012 like and that was and, and MJ you know I know you were right around that same time too yep. 2010 um, 2011 so it, it just uh, the fact that like I remember walking around um, the state fair in like I think it was it must have been 24 it must have been shortly after Bill uh, Dr. Bill bought the team and walking around the state fair and seeing people in Minnesota United stuff I was like holy fuck who are you why don't I know you like I and then uh, and then I and then it got to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, like lots of people walk around in Minnesota United stuff. And then this year at the fair, just like seeing, and I was only there for like one day for like four hours, but like seeing like multiple people walking on in Aurora gear. I'm like, wait, who the fuck are you? Why don't I know you? Like, you, we, this is like a this tiny community. And you know what? And then the, that's kind of the realization. It's like, it's actually not that tiny. Like, there's a lot of not fucking anymore. people who love soccer in this state and, and maybe like have never been to a Minnesota United game and would never go to a Minnesota United game, but are huge Aurora fans, yep. right? Or, or you see people walking around Minneapolis City gear, and I'm like, how the fuck do I not know who you are? There are only, there are only like 500 of us at that stadium, but still, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know what? That's, that's, fucking, that's really fucking cool. And that is, I mean, that is a testament to you know, a lot of the work that a lot of people put in, you know, obviously, and so um, it's very cool. Yeah, and it's uh, if you thought it was, you know, amazing to see a Minnesota United jersey or T-shirt or whatever, 2013, 2014, as you're walking through the State Fair. Think about if you saw at the State Fair a Minnesota Thunder shirt or a, oh. or an NSC Minnesota Star shirt. You were right. I, I wear my. It was NSC's, like seeing Bigfoot. I wear my NSC <laughs> Minnesota Star shirt sometimes, and people are like, "Wait, what is that?" I'm like, "Oh, this is the team before the team before the team." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I have a kick shirt, not from not that I got back then because I. <laughs> Yeah. I was a little guy back then, yeah. believe it or not. Um, but I wear it now. And it's funny, when I walk around, there are people who are like, kicks. They're like, Met Center or Met Stadium. Yeah. Right? They, were, they start talking yeah. to me about their memories from that. Yeah. You know, that's My awesome. mom was telling me, my, I guess my uncle had um, kicks tickets one year for a uh, season in yeah. the 70s. She was telling me about how she went to those soccer games now. My mom and dad are both foot, like American football people. Yeah. And um, that sh- so that's shocked me. Like she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember the kicks." I was like, "You do?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How? Yeah. But see, back then too, it was it was a uh, if you went to soccer games, it was us learning about the sport. 
it wasn't the knowledgeable fans or the you know that type of thing right who, who had their favorite team in Italy or in England or whatever Spain or yeah it was yeah wherever we were all learning the game as we went along back then yeah and that was a matter so you know now it's a you know, people are buying season tickets because it's a, there's a local professional team to support. But the a lot of fans that are in Allianz these days have been following the sport Since for then. years away from the U.S. or whatever mm-hmm. for quite some time. So, yep. yeah. So, yeah, it's I can understand, you know, you being shocked by, by <laughs> parents. What? Really? Cool. Well, Chris, thank you so much for all of your time, man. We, we always really appreciate it. And. We'll invite you back for episode 400. How's that sound? All righty. <laughs> you legitimize us, Chris. Uh, oh, boy. I, I don't know if I have that power. <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, like, I guess, talk about some other soccer. Okay. So, we'll be right back. Want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. Right, and welcome back. That was uh, a fantastic, fun time with Chris at home. Um, that guy's got stories for days. So if you ever hear corner him at, at the Black Card or another soccer bar, uh, he definitely has yeah stories to tell. So um, we thank him for for coming on. And let's actually get to some actual soccer. Uh, some very fun, good soccer. I I was I did not stop smiling the entire game. Even when I thought we were going to lose, when it was like 1-1 or whatever, I was like, <laughs> nope, I'm going to keep smiling. Going to keep smiling. And uh, I, my smiling was vindicated with uh, Timu Puki scoring the first ever four goals for Minnesota United in a game. Imagine losing your striker whisperer and your striker scoring four. Who to thunk it? Who to thunk it? Yeah, we've never conjectured that we might do better without him, right? Also... Sean McCauley, who I have at times ripped to shreds on this podcast because supposedly he is both the defensive coach and the Heath translator to the players. Man, you, you know, just take that anchor, that Heath anchor off of him <laughs> and just look at how fast he sails. Yeah. We won't, we won't spend too much time uh, like breaking down this game, honestly. Um, it was just – it was fan appreciation night. Uh, fans were appreciated by the fact that Adrian Heath was not there, uh, and we, uh, and yeah, he, McCauley did not start Bristow or Taylor. Um, Woo! Valentin got a run out, and he was really, he looked really good, honestly. So, what's any other bigger sort of bigger? And Sharati. And Sharati. Yes, we got him back in the game. Sharati got back in there where he uh, should be. Yes, exactly. Weird, weird how that works out. Um, and so, any other bigger picture stuff from this game specifically? Uh, that you guys wanted to highlight? I just want to say that if McCauley continues this streak and endears himself to the fans during our last game that is away in Sporting Kansas City, he will not be home alone this Christmas. Is that, uh, is that <laughs> Kevin, a Kevin McAllister joke or what is? No, McCauley will not. McCauley, yeah. McCauley will not be home alone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you could have said he he would maybe not get bit, uh, stung by a bee, and then die. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, he's not my girl. And and, and or and or. Uh, not my girl. And or be an evil like devil incarnate in a, as like a good child. 
Well, that still might happen. Or, I don't know, like, drug overdose and in Go? Was that the one he drug overdosed in? I can't remember. Macaulay Culkin's had, a, had an interesting career. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, I think that was so, Monster. Monster. That's, I think that's the one. So With the win. <laughs> Jess comes in with the late winner. Anyways, Jess, uh, you were at the game. What were your, like, what were your thoughts from the uh, perspective of uh, behind the bench? You could kind of see. I, I'm assuming everybody was just, like, happy the entire time. Um, pretty much. We were. Um, my whole section was happy. Bree and I were a little bit cold, but that was our only complaint. And we love free gifts. And we got our, like, moving picture taken, like, those movies they were doing on the lawn. And it was super fun. And I noticed the dinosaurs on the Thunderwall. Yep. That was... <laughs> and then they, during halftime... They were, do, half they were doing time, a Jurassic Park theme. I think during halftime, one of them went... And changed into a skeleton. Maybe I. I there don't were know. three Tyrannosaurus Rexes, and then there were two Tyrannosaurus Rexes and a skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, a skeleton Tyrannosaurus. Oh, that sounds fucking dangerous. It was an incredible game. Sounds like a zombie ty- Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, That's not good. Bree kept saying, "I'm manifesting a goal," and then Pookie would get it, and I was like, "Bree, you might be my lucky charm." <laughs> you, you lucky son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every game I bring her to, we win. So we may have to start bringing her more often. Go fund me to make sure that Bree can go to the game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll set that up. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, there, I don't have much else to say other than just like it was God, super fun. It was so fucking fun. I uh, I tweeted about it afterwards. It's like, oh wait, this is like this is what it's like to have fun at a soccer game again. Like I haven't felt this way in a. And at least three matches. Well, no. It, for me, it's been seven fucking years. <laughs> so um, I'm excited and I'm happy. And uh, you know what? Minnesota has an outside shot of making the goddamn fucking Do we playoffs. still have a shot? Yes. If we I win, thought we were dead. So, we, so we, number one, we need to beat Kansas City, first and foremost. Duh. And then we just need one of, like, three different things to happen. There's an op- There's a chance that we could still get the seven seed what? in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If enough things go right. So if, uh, if everything comes up loons, Roses. I'm guessing it's not going to happen. Portland um, has to lose. Dallas has to lose. Yes, Portland, Dallas, and San Jose all have to lose. Um, well, I believe San Jose well, Dallas, can Dallas, lose. Dallas has to, has to lose and either draw or lose against Colorado midweek, which I don't – I mean, Colorado sucks, so – my guess is they're not going to lose against Colorado. So we're more likely, if we, if we make the playoffs, we're more likely going to be eight an 8 or a 9 seed. But we're not out of the playoffs yet, and that is... Uh, How I mean, amazing would that be? Remember last week when we were talking about this, and I was like, my worst, the worst-case scenario is like, Adrian Heath is still coaching this team. We barely make the playoffs. We win a game. Now, my best-case scenario is we make the playoffs. And we win, and the, and whole we win the whole fucking thing. thing. Yeah. The problem is that we then have to probably hire Sean McCauley as our, our, our manager, and I don't think that's a good idea so why not myriads reasons which, which we don't have time to get into right now okay but, table it <laughs> but yeah we'll table that one we'll talk about we'll talk about managerial uh, options after me and uh dan talked about this very briefly on the on the he thought podcast that i posted on friday do you think we can get geo um let's table that one for all right i'm tabled for, for off offline because the an- the short answer is no okay. and the, long- the longer answer is fuck no and the, okay. and the and the very very longer answer is I will tell you after after the after the podcast. So got it. 
A uh, couple things I wanted to point out from the actual playing of the game. The playing of the game. Timu Puki, uh, player, uh, player of the week for MOS. Um, and both him and uh, Bongi were on the uh, team of the week match day. Uh, uh, Puki on the team of the week and then uh, Bongi on the bench. Um, I thought it would have been hilarious if um, Sean McCauley had gotten coach of the week after... But uh, it, went, it, it went to uh, Christian Latanzio from uh, Columbus from the clit. Uh, so, unfortunately, that one did not go our way, although it was very, very close to going our way. Uh, some other United news. Um, we, had, uh, we have six players called up for international duty. Uh, Zarek Valentin to Puerto Rico. Bongi to South Africa. Kervin Ariaga to uh, Honduras. Timupuki to Finland, obviously. Dane St. Clair to Canada. And then Michael Boxall to Australia. So um, six loons on international duty. We don't have a game this weekend, so they will not be missing any uh, proper matches for Minnesota United. But still, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, John Rothaller had some great paraphrases, not actual quotes, from uh, that he shared on Twitter. He said, Puki hadn't scored four goals in a game since he was a youth player. That's what Pookie wow. said. And then uh, he's, he noted that Boxall seemed emotional after the last 48 hours. Noted that he went through a lot of coaching changes early in his career, and it was great to have stability. So another positive Heath moment. He appreciated the stability that Heath provided. Cool. This is Boxall? Yeah. Um, I well, yeah, Boxel's been starting since whatever fucking year. I'm sure that was some security for him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also, I think this might be Boxel's last game with Minnesota United, last home game with Minnesota United, unfortunately. <gasps> so, um, done, yeah, we'll have to, done, We're going to have to like, rep, like, deal with that. The last bit of news that we want to talk about from Minnesota United, and then we'll jump into uh, other soccer, is uh, if you were watching this game or not watching this game on Apple, Apple TV, Apple Plus, um, it's because the uh, in-house broadcasters uh, uh, set up a picket line. Uh, basically, went on strike. They were picketing uh, and striking for um, uh, their contract. They, Healthcare. They announced. They, they, they ratified and won their union uh, about a year ago. Um, they've been working on a contract with the team since uh, March, since the season began. And the team refuses to uh, meet their demands on certain things. Uh, I think the biggest thing is healthcare, a healthcare cost contribution. Um, the the union is asking for and and when this first popped up, I had a, a podcast with one of the union organizers on on this feed. So go back and check it out. MJ helpfully posted that uh, on the our Twitter Twitter feed, um, and basically what. The, the big hang-up here was $12,000. That's what the team refused to pay in healthcare contributions to their union uh, employees. And therefore, uh, a bunch, so several, and I say several, and, and that's what the, the press release says, but I'm, I'm, I've heard it's 10 to 15 union workers who work on the actual broadcast side refuse to, to cross the picket line, and therefore... Because of that, the team didn't have the, pr the proper camera operators. Um, they didn't have uh, the proper uh, uh, voice personnel. And so the team, the, so the, the broadcast was only on MOS 360. Uh, it, was not, uh, it was not broadcast on 
uh, the Apple MOS season pass on, on Apple. So Andy Greeter actually reported that roughly 40 members of the IATSE IAT. union picketed outside Allianz Field and um, estimated 10 to 12 union workers did not report for the in-stadium shift. And then an estimated 30 more workers with the TV crew decided to stand in solidarity. They aren't a part of that union. Nope. If you remember, uh, go back and listen to the episode from July 2022. Thank you, Jay. What? Thank you for, yeah, July 2022. But, like, go back and listen to that because one of the things they talk about is the wages difference and the benefits and healthcare differences between in-house broadcast team and, uh, or, sorry, in-house versus broadcast. If, right. if you're running the cameras just for the in-house production of Allianz Field versus working for Apple or MLS in the in the televised broadcast form, there's a huge paid gap there, and there's a huge like so the camera operators that are just doing stuff to show replay within Allianz Field, they do not make as much as the camera workers that work for Apple right. or for the, the league. Now, right. there should be a gap there, but there's but not a gap in healthcare. Well, and not a huge gap. And it's great to see that these 30 additional workers stood in solidarity and said, yeah, we don't think there should be that big of a gap in between what we do either. I think it's the, 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 I think the most important thing is that this was $12,000. This was, this, it cost less to put on the fan appreciation day than it would have been to just pay. I mean, if they would have not had the violinist at halftime, um, they could have probably just paid the healthcare workers, and that is like the thing. And so, the the most hilarious thing is like, I thought about oh, do just do tweet put out a statement with the support groups and things like that. I was like, let's wait and see. And then when uh, I, I don't know if you've seen the the Twitter statement from the team yes. about why the, the game wasn't happening. Literally every single comment was like, pay your workers. It's twelve thousand dollars. What are you doing? Why is this? Why is this a thing? Why would you set yourself up for why? such a liability? Yeah, I don't know. I, and that's. I mean, it's. I'm sure there's. I'm sure they they, they can't be allowed to uh, set a standard uh, for you know succumbing to union pressure. Um, but that's so. Ultimately, that that's a you know is that a, is that the the problem I have is that is that is this a Sherry Ballard question? Is this a MLS question? Or is this a Doctor Bill question? Or is this higher up? Is this is this MLS saying it should be no, someone to you step cannot, up? You cannot make this decision. You cannot pay these people because then other because I I don't know I've I've had conversations with Sherry. I think Sherry's a good person. I don't believe that Sherry would that this would be a stumbling block. Um, and again, like met Doctor Bill. I don't. He worked in healthcare. It's insane that this is a thing that is. This is the reason why they're not that they were not able to work, and then why the team. The game was not able to be broadcast on Apple Apple Plus. So I, my you know my conspiracy, less conspiracy adult brain than MJ Anon is like this must be from the from allegedly Dan Grabber up there in the MOS headquarters saying like listen if you do this then every other one's like, like this is just it's a cascading effect and that so yeah so now I'm getting into MJ Anon territory and I don't like that so MJ. <laughs> Yes. Is, is there any MJ Anon uh, scuttlebutt about this, or 
can we transition to other soccer? No, the, no. MJ not has been uh, obsessed with finding out. Are, there, are they su- are they supportive of, of Bill McGuire in this? No, no, in no, this no, spot? no. They have been obsessed with finding out what the scandal is with Mark Watson, because Heath was fired along with Mark Watson, and they feel that there is a Mark Watson scandal out there. Maybe on one of his trips to Argentina, that they don't want getting out, and so the did he pistol the, whip someone? The, the, the Heath firing is just a smokescreen for trying to get you to not look at Mark Watson's dirty laundry. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's the latest from MJ Anon. Sounds good. All right, well, moving from MJ Anon to um, other MJ Anon, Minneapolis City. <laughs> uh, Minneapolis City uh, announced a pretty a pretty big uh, uh, news item this week. Uh, Dan Hudeman, the uh, co-founder. C- co-founder, CEO of uh, Minneapolis City, is... is, is Stepping away, and I think probably rightfully so. I, that dude does a shit ton of work, um, both in his day job, but also in his other day job, which is Minneapolis yeah, City. Yeah. And uh, the uh, a name that's familiar to Minneapolis City fans, Adam Pribble, is taking over as CEO, right? Yeah. Former head coach, uh, former sporting director, um, and is now taking over as city city president. Uh, he is very pro coach, pro athlete, and pro fan. He's uh, Align himself very well with the Minneapolis City community in various levels, so this should be a good fit. We should see about getting Adam on uh, the podcast in the in the off season here. So I can do that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you 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 know the guy, so I, you know I believe we, we've met, but I I don't remember. I don't even know. So Matt, I, I know Matt. I could probably get on if, we, if um, I needed to. And listen, we we had Adam and uh, Sarah both on this podcast. Oh fuck, that's right. Sorry, Adam. So you do know him, but I do. But I'm not. Like, yeah, probably really drunk. This so will now be edited. I, I don't even think I was. I think I just. I think I just blocked that out. Uh, that was like that was like in the COVID era. In the COVID, it, time, it was so. a long time ago, and we have had since Matt had yeah, Matt and Ben Scott on. I had a I had a kid in between there, so my brain is fried. So I'm sorry. But we, Anyways, should, we big, should have him on again. Big news, big news, and yes, we should have we should have the, the we should have the cohort of Minneapolis City folks on. And just have a Minneapolis City episode. Would that be fun? Idea, so. Yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, and then finally, before we wrap up, Gopher Soccer MJ, they uh, Gophers had a good weekend. They got their first Big Ten win and coming off a very impressive 0-0 draw with number 16 nationally ranked Indiana. Gophers beat Illinois 3-1 on Sunday. Please come out to Elizabeth Robbie Stadium. They play two teams that are above them in the Big Ten table, but not that much above them in the Big Ten table. And these are big two games because if they win these two games, they can get back into the playoff picture. All right. So uh, they host... Ohio State on Thursday, 6 p.m., and this coming Sunday, October 15th at 1 p.m., they host Nebraska. Oh, so please come out and cheer. Fuck the Huskers. Yeah, fuck the Huskers. Come out and cheer on your Golden Gophers. Cheer on women's soccer. Support local soccer. Be happy and cheer. Go Gophers. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, well, let's wrap this one up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to... Uh, this you, has been the day of you know. If you've listened to every every single episode of the podcast, God re- bless your soul. Reach out to me at TDIKMN. Uh, we probably at, owe you for therapy. Yeah, probably. I mean, maybe we've been your therapist. I don't know who who the hell knows. So, um, but yeah, this has been a hell hell of a blast, a hell of a ride, man. Like I said, uh, I, I really I really appreciate you guys stepping in and and you know MJ a couple years ago, Jess a couple years, well, MJ like three years ago now. Uh, just a couple years ago, um, 
A uh, huge shout out to uh, the the guy who helped create this thing, David Martin. Um, he's uh, I know he's got some family stuff going on right now. I, I really wanted him to come on or at least uh, have a have a thing with us here. But uh, um, he's way too busy. He, he's, yeah, he's got a lot of he's got some stuff going on. So, but uh, very no much shade. Uh, very much appreciate. Yes, no, all the shade. But he's never gonna listen to this, so we can say all the shit you want about David Martin on this podcast. So, the, but the first thing he said to me in the bar when you had uh, recruited me. You remember? I don't, I don't. Don't fuck up my podcast. <laughs> That's fair. That seems fair. Nobody uh, could fuck it up baby, worse than that. Tonight yeah. we died in hell. Yeah, Dan Dan Wade, who was uh, who's on this for you know maybe about fifty episodes, um, but yeah, he then he had a kid and realized uh, that he should probably pay attention more to his kid. Where I was like, oh, I have a kid. I should do more podcasting <laughs> um, to get away from my kids. Uh, but yeah, and then yeah, but honestly, guys, thank you, Jess. Thank you, MJ, for all of the times you, you put up with my bullshit. <laughs> I really appreciate it. We love you. Yes. We love uh, you. Well, I love, I love everybody who listens to this fucking thing. So. And we love them, too. Uh, you can always find us at TDIKM and on Twitter. Please, again, if you, if you have any, uh, like, record a voice memo and send it to me, and we can, we'll play it for episode 301. If you want, you can win a prize, and it'll be me on your voicemail. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and you can always find uh, MJ at MJ Matsui. Uh, I am personally a Texas Zeller. Uh, please uh, hit that up on Blue Sky or whatever. Uh, and Jess is at Jessica one four four zero eight three niner two. I did that without looking at anything. <laughs> we have been the Daves. You know this, this is, is the Daves. I know. Thing, Long as you do yours, land here, become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't be nothing at all.